This is Chad Harrison, and you're listening to Hope Alive, applying God's word to your daily life. Hi, this is Chad Harrison, and I am the teaching pastor of Lake Community Church and have been serving as a pastor for 25 years. I'm also a practicing attorney. This podcast is designed to help you study God's word and find God's will for your life. I pray in the name of Jesus right now that God would open up his word to you and allow you to see him and to know him and to know his will, that you might glorify him and that you might walk in faith and power each and every day, especially today in Jesus' name. Good morning. Welcome to Lake Community Church's morning Bible study. We're in Exodus chapter 25, and uh, we're studying in verse 8 and 9. As you uh, go through this, obviously God's giving them uh, instructions on what he wants as far as the building of his sanctuary and all the, all that's going to go into that sanctuary. And, and in verses 1 uh, through 7, he gives, them, he gives them all the things he wants brought, all the things that he wants brought in so that the sanctuary be ready to be built and so that uh, as the sanctuary is being built, they can they can make all the uh, I guess the best way to describe it is furniture all the things that go into the sanctuary so that the sanctuary can function the way it needs to function as far as God is concerned. Now there's a couple things I need because we're in verse eight and nine. It says, "Then have them make a sanctuary for me, and I will dwell among them. Make the tabernacle and its fur- furnishings exactly like the pattern I will show you." Now. As you're studying through this, and as you're thinking about this, you need to you need to see first of all that notice we make the sanctuary for Him. Now God provides everything for us, but the truth is, when you're dealing with God and when you're in a relationship with God, and God is desiring to come and dwell with us. It is incumbent upon us to make a sanctuary for him. What we've got to do is, now listen, God made it possible that there could be a sanctuary in our hearts. But once you get to the point where God has made a sanctuary in our hearts, made it possible for him to dwell in our hearts, it it is incumbent upon us to make the sanctuary. It's incumbent upon us to go through the process and go through the things that are required for God to be able to dwell fully in our hearts. I know that you I know many of y'all know the passage in Revelation chapter four where God says, Yeah, I stand at the door and knock. I think it's chapter three. But yeah, I stand at the door and knock. And anyone who comes and opens the door, I'll come in and sup with them. That means have uh, fellowship with them and they with me. Notice God, God makes all the things possible, but there has to be an action upon our part in order for the relationship to work. Uh, A one-sided contract is not a contract. A one-sided relationship is not a relationship. And so when we're studying through God's word, you have to understand that this relationship is incumbent upon you to do your part. It's incumbent upon you to make that happen. And so you have to make a place in your heart for God. And the place you make for God is going to directly correlate to the availability you have with God and and for God in your daily life. And so 
those of us who those of us who spend time studying God's word, considering God's word, it's not just looking at it and reading it. It is dwelling upon it. It is considering it. It's thinking about it. And not only thinking about what God has said, but think about how it applies to what I see in the world. Because remember, the world is a revelation of God. How God has made things and how, th- how things happen is a revelation of him. It is a general revelation, but the specific revelation is from his word. And so I have to take his specific revelation and uh, look at his general revelation and then apply his intimate revelation to myself and look and say, okay, this is what God's doing in the world we live in. Now notice that it, those are all uh, actions of my will, choosing to allow God to have access to my heart and to the things that are going on in my life and actively choosing to allow him to open my eyes up and see the things that are really going on in the world that we live in and him being a part of that, an active part of who I am. And so when we're building this sanctuary, and really that's what ultimately a whole lot of the rest of the book of Exodus is about, is building that place for God to meet. We're going to, on the in the next Bible study tomorrow, we're going to start building the ark. What is the ark? The ark is where God dwells. It is literally in Ancient times, they might have said it's where the divine meets the uh, physical. I always say it's where the eternal meets the temporal because the life that God gives us is eternal life. And the life we're living in is temporal, meaning it just exists in time and space. And uh, once that time and space or once that time has passed, you cannot go back to it. I I love to watch so many sci-fi shows and how they're going to go back in time through some time warp. The truth is, if you actually study physics, that time travel is possible, but it's only possible forward, not possible backwards. You can't go back into time. Once time is spent, it's fungible, it's gone. You can't go back. You Things may be slower in one place than they are where you're at, and then when you go back, it's not you've leapt far ahead, and so in essence, you've gone back in time, but you really hadn't. Time continues to progress. It just may progress in some places a lot faster than other places in our universe. And and so there's no way to go back in time. You cannot go back in time. Time is, is over once it's used. Once it's spent, it does not come back. And so when we're going through our lives each and every day, as we're walking through our lives, we have to choose to make a sanctuary for God. We have to choose to give him of the things that we talked about in verses one through seven. We have to choose to give him the best. We have to choose to create a place for God to dwell in our hearts. We have to invite him in. It is a relationship, the sanctification process, the relationship part of what we're doing. The kingdom building part of what we're doing is the part where we invite God to be a part of our lives. It is the part where we ask God to to rule and to reign over our lives. Uh, There is an element of our will seeking God out and trusting him in the daily things that go on in our lives. And so you can't remove that. I definitely have the feeling that God provides all things. He foreordains all things. He works all things. But ultimately, once you get to the very personal aspects of relationship, once you get to that personal side of things, And once you begin to look at God from that personal direction, once that happens, 
in your life. You've got to ask. You've got to seek. You've got to open your heart up. You've got to order things in the way God says they have to be ordered for him to come so that you can have relationship with him. And and oftentimes many people say, I worship God on my own terms. I worship God. And I say to God, this is where I want to meet with you. This is how I want to, I want it done. It's quite clear in scripture that you can't do that. Okay. God's not going to come and meet with you on your terms. He has to meet with you on his terms. He's going to meet with you under the circumstances that he has made. Now, he'll come and find you in the circumstances that you've made. But once you're walking in that intimacy, once you're seeking that very best that God has for you, you have to do it under his terms. So he said, then have them make the sanctuary for me. I will dwell among them. Notice he said in verse 9, make the tabernacle and all its furnishings exactly like the pattern I'll show you. That means that God has specificity. I tried to say that yesterday in worship, and I messed it up. I messed it up again. Notice that God has specificity. I just don't like it to come out. He has that as to how he wants to relate to us. It's not, a, it's not willy-nilly. It's not happenstance. It doesn't just happen the way the way we want it to. So many times people in relationships, in actual relationships, with with friends or especially in romantic relationships so many times people have this these ideas that that these things happen by by just some kind of they're just organic they can be organic in but when both parties are doing the things necessary to make them organic but if i don't do some of the things that are necessary for a, a relationship to to develop then it's not going to happen if i don't take a bath for three weeks then the likelihood that i'm going to have a romantic relationship is very small. If I don't, if I don't ever talk to someone that I have romantic intent toward, then there's not going to be a romantic relationship because there has to be some form of communication. These things are not organic in that they're completely organic. They can't be. You have to make you have to make yourself available. You have to make yourself appear to be desirous of the relationship, and that's true of physical earthly relationships. But it's definitely true of our relationship with God. You have to set your heart up so that you can go the pro- through the process of meeting with God. You have to prepare yourself to hear from him. You have to prepare your life so that you are a conduit of his work in the world for, for and his work in your life. You have to do that. And if you don't do that, as life goes on, you begin to think God is separate. He's away from me. I don't have that closeness with God. So many times I hear that. I went to church. It wasn't for me. It wasn't for me to, to and that, that scares me on two different levels because people say it wasn't for me. That worries me that you're not hearing God and either one of two things is happening. Either God's not speaking to you, which is really bad, or you are rejecting God coming to you in the way he desires to come because you want to make God and your relationship with him on your own terms. Can't do that. He says, make the tabernacle. That's the place where God was going to dwell with his people. In the New Testament, it's the temple that represents us. In the Old Testament, it's the tabernacle that literally represents us. God coming to meet with his people 
in the intimate way he desires to meet with us. Those two pictures, and by the way, they're very similar in how they're set up and how the people came to meet with God, almost exclusively similar. And one just was a permanent building that didn't move, and the other one was a building they could take down and put back up. But they literally were set up to be the same way. And how a person approached God and how a person walked in that relationship with God was, it was important to see. It was important to understand that, that, that there was a way to do it. And so it's, it's, it still goes back to, I have to hear God. I have to believe that this is the right way to do it. And I have to trust him and do it. I have to prepare my heart to receive him. I have to prepare my heart each day to hear from him. And if I don't do that, if I don't make the furnishings exactly in the pattern that God wants me to, I'm doing it myself. And sadly, that tends to lead to, and even in the church it can lead to this. I've said it before. We either worship created things, we worship the creator of those things, meaning God, or we worship ourselves. Sadly, and oftentimes tragically, people, when they make the furnishings the way they want them made, when they make the relationship on the terms that they have, sadly, a worship of God ends up slipping and sliding and slowly inching toward a worship of oneself. You go from worshiping God to really worshiping you. And it has all the accoutrements of Christianity. It's a form of Christianity. It's a form of godliness, but it denies its power. And what I mean by that, you, you look like you're, you're actually doing Christianity. It sounds like you are. It seems like you are. You have the furnishings, but they're not exactly the way God said do them. You have the sanctuary, but it's not built the way God said build it. You have the relationship, but it's really a relationship where you've made God in your own image and not his image. And that is a very scary place because, boy, that is a, a, that's a dystopia. That's a place that really doesn't exist where you are God. And you've created a fantasy world that you don't really, you don't really worship God in any form or fashion. You just worship yourself as you have made yourself into God. We have to learn that just like we talked about yesterday, we have to take up our cross and follow him. We meaning we got to, there has to be a complete element of self-sacrifice. There has to be a pattern there in order to be his disciple. The same is true when we go meet with God. And the way we know that pattern doesn't change is because the tabernacle and the temple and then the holy of holies that is in our heart do, are not, are, do not change. They're, they're, the pattern is still the same. It's still the same. In the desert, it could be taken down and it could be put back up again. In the temple, it's set firm. It's the way it is. And ultimately, the temple is really our picture because the way God meets with us is a firm and complete foundation. It's based off of Jesus Christ. It's based off of the way God desires to meet with us.
I pray that you will explore and begin to seek out how God wants to meet with you because it's not about you, it's about him. And that you'll begin to build in your own life the furnishings that make for a real, a genuine, a clear worship service, a worshiping of God in your own heart and in your own mind. As you go today, I pray that the Lord will bless you and keep you, that he'll make his face to shine upon you, and that he will give you hope and peace today in Jesus' name.